This is I Am Change Podcast. We must get people to connect more with this idea. Vulnerable children are going to be the most hard hit by this pandemic. I'm just going to write myself. I'm going to make sure I direct. I have seen how words move people to action. IIC Podcast hopes to inspire you to live more consciously and be the change the society needs. I think the most important thing is self-reliance. Sit down and look at your processes properly. I'm your host, Koride Aziz. They will leave maybe styrofoam, I'll take it, take it inside petrol. Anything I've heard somewhere, I want to try it. When you start behaving like that, people start saying, hmm, scientist. Are you the person who discovered what they're good at and can't see themselves ever doing anything else? Or are you the person who tends to have their interests drift from one area to another? Never convinced you have found the one thing you'll be happy to do for the rest of your life. We live in a world where we are told that we must be just one thing, a lawyer, a journalist, a teacher. We are reminded every day that we must specialize to be successful. But what if that just doesn't work for you? I tend to be a generalist, so I tend to dip my hands in a lot of things. On today's episode, we're speaking with Fuad Lawal, editor-in-chief at Zikoko.com, a big cabal company. Fuad studied industrial chemistry but ended up turning his writing hobby into a full-time career. But here's the thing, you can't just call him a writer because he does so much more. He's executed projects some of us would only dream of. With Paul's 36, he traveled to every state in Nigeria, taking his audience on an adventure of a lifetime. And with Jollof Road, he and his team explored West Africa in an 80-day road trip across all mainland countries in ECOWAS. Fuad has had a successful career as a content creator so far, and I have a feeling he's only just started. We had a conversation about how he got to where he is, the lessons he's learned, and what makes him different. According to your LinkedIn profile, you are a full-stack content honcho who has done editorial tours, business development, online marketing, PR, and two secret services. The one thing that drew my attention was full stack. Considering all the things you do, I mean, it makes sense to me, but I'm curious, why and how did you decide just to call yourself a full stack creative? Where did that come from? First of all, everything on LinkedIn is designed to make people say, hmm, hmm, so they can Message, oh, like I have a job for you. A... Of course. But anyway, I work at Big Cabal Media and we have a manual of sorts to guide um, the entire creative team to becoming full stack that they can do every part of the process in telling their own stories. They can write their stories, they can take their photos, they can produce their videos, audio, they can promote themselves. So is, is that one man, one man army training? But everybody still has specialties. Do you understand? Yeah. What I'm translating to is that everybody has some sufficiency or is aspiring to some sufficiency across board and just that one or two skills where you are actually really, really, really strong, right? That's kind of how we think about that big about. Yeah, I get that. But do you think that's something that's very important for most of the content creators to have right now? So here's the thing, all of us are bloggers because we are tweeting. All of us are 
photographers because you're taking photos up to Instagram. But I think what differentiates a person who has to do it for a living is depth. Depth. It's just like, what is the depth of your work? Mm. Yes. Mm. So I think one of the ways to reach that place of standing out is reaching a point of creative self-reliance such that you don't always need to piggyback off someone. Piggybacking is important. The entire creative process tends to be collaborative. Mm-hmm. But like you can survive if you have to by yourself. Do you mm-hmm. understand? Yeah. So you're saying that for creatives right now, the most important thing should be depth, right? I, I think the most important thing is just self-reliance. Self-reliance doesn't mean an island. It means that you can get by by yourself, especially when... You have to do it for a living. This doesn't discount people who are deep experts, who, are, who just focus on video, who just focus on being better writers. It doesn't discount them at all. Of course. I tend to be a generalist. So I tend to dip my hands in a lot of things. So looking at your bio at first glance, one might think that, okay, maybe you studied MassCom or something. But you studied industrial chemistry. When you were in school and maybe when you were younger, did you think you were going to make a career of writing and content creation? Because I'm trying to link, okay, what was in your mind when you were choosing industrial chemistry as your course of study? And then what happened that you now entered writing and content creation and all that? So I think when we were younger, the orientation we had was that the discipline of curiosity is sciences. Hmm. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I think I've always right. You've always been curious. Very, very curious. Mm. I think everybody's curious, but I feel like my parents fed mine. Every any question I ask, someone is going to answer me. They will yeah. leave maybe styrofoam, I'll take it, take it inside petrol. Anything I've heard somewhere, I want to try it. When you start behaving like that, you start saying, hmm, scientists, scientists, someone. <laughs> I know. Because I think I had a face like that and I thought I was going to be an engineer or something because I was always fixing stuff around the house. Exactly. So what happens is that nobody becomes a scientist like that. Yeah. What you become is an engineer. After I studied chemical engineering, okay. then when I got to uni, I found out that industrial chemistry is stronger. So mm. I switched. I did not know I was going to write for a living until I got my writing job. I didn't think it was possible. I just used to write on WordPress, right? Mm-hmm. I started writing because I had a lot of time on my hands and a lot of time to overthink. People were like, wow, wow, wow. You know how people can scam me on the internet? Wow, fantastic. <laughs> I don't read anybody that said fantastic. But all those things they're calling trash. <laughs> trash. Anyway, mm-hmm. I had, I had friends who were designers and they always needed someone to write their copy. And I'm like, uh-uh, this must be nice. <laughs> and they're like, oh, yes, in our agencies, we call them copywriters. Oh, you mean you have writers who pay salary? Nice. Mm. The moment I got the chance, I just started applying to everything. Mm. I applied to a job, get picked, didn't get hired. Someone from the job interview who apparently found me interesting, followed me on Twitter, and one day, someone tweeted that they were looking for writers at Pulse, and he was on and told me, that, oh, I think you make a good fit as a writer here. And that was how I ended up at Pulse. There was no moment of magic. You know, I was desperate like that. Yeah. I needed money. So, so like, at that point, you were just willing to take anything that pays, yeah? <laughs> See, let me even tell you. My, I remember my prayer point. I was like, God, I don't need that money for four months. Let me just have subscription. I can imagine. 
So, I mean, from Paul's, I know at some point you left and then you went back again and all that. So, can you tell us about that journey from your first job at Paul's to where you are currently? I think my first time at Paul's, it was my first real experience with being on the back end of media. What that did for me was, it was my opportunity to understand the media engine, understand how it works properly, how to find story leads, how to chase them, how to write them, how to do it fast. Mm. Then got to a point where I got tired of the machine, like just the churn, churn, churn. Someone at my current job at the time just came to the office one day and was like, you forward, what's up? So one of my guys wants to work on a project and I think you're going to be a good fit. I'm like, ah, thank you. And then he secures an interview for me. I went for the interview, got the job. You know, the first job was about like how yeah. to make things fast, how mm-hmm. to understand. Then the second job was I had to write original stories every day. Wait, where, where was this job again? Party Jollof. Party Jollof was an experiment by Red Media. So the Red Media experiment, Red Media, one of that company. Okay. They, they called the experiment Redux. Party Jollof did not succeed, okay. right? But for me, that was a boot camp for understanding that creativity is not when I'm in the mood. <laughs> like when you have KPIs, right? Mm-hmm. And your KPIs are tied to your salary, your brain won't block. <laughs> I can imagine. And while I was there, my boss at Pulse, Osagi, is like, I saw him one day and he's like, You, I'm coming, come on, you're going to come back here. I'm just watching you, you're going to come back here. <laughs> and so he told me that, ah, Yeah, we're going to work on interesting things. He told me about how the editorial, the newsroom was changing and all of that. So I went back. Pause. Wait, was it the same thing uh, you were sorry, was it the same thing you were doing at Pulse the first time that you were still doing the second time? No, not really. It was more refined. But the machine is the machine. Yeah. Anyway, um I think I just stumbled on it at some point and made up my mind that what I want to do is to travel. Mm. And I pitched it to my boss. That's when you did Pulse thirty six. Yes. And I pitched it to my boss that look, just listen to me, hear me out. I said, What if I go on a road trip? I travel around the entire country in one single stretch. And it's like, hmm, fantastic. And I had to start research, trying to understand how brands pay for things, where brands pay for things. I was doing all of that figuring out by myself, mostly by myself. Mm. In the end, we landed two brands, two quite strong brands. We pulled off the projects, successful. Although personally, I, sometimes I feel like, eh, not really, right? But relatively, like... Really? I mean, why? Because, I mean, for, for those of us on the outside, it seemed like a very successful project. So why on earth would you think that? Maybe not. So like, it's like personal KPIs, oh, right? Uh, it's like, I feel like, I feel like I, uh, there are ways, there are things I could have done better. Hmm. A lot of things I could have done better, right? Wait, are, you, are you normally like um, that with your work? Like, I could have done this better? Yes. Okay. Yes. So I'm never satisfied. But, um, but do you think but, that's, that's an important trait for creatives to have, for writers to have? Never letting yourself get to the point where you feel like I have done enough or this is perfect the way it is. Maybe because I can't relate yet. Mm. But I feel like there are people that are great, they are truly great work. <laughs> I've just not felt like that. And then back to Pulse 36, you went to all 36 states of Nigeria. I mean, that's something I've always wanted to do. I'm sure a lot of people want to do that. So I'm wondering, why why did you do it at that time? Do you want to hear something wild? Yes, please. So early in 2016, 
Someone went to Yankari. I made drone footage of Yankari and I was like, what? Mm. So I immediately messaged my brother, messaged some of my guys and said, everybody, clear out one week in December. We are going to Yankari. And when I went back to Pulse, I knew that going to Yankari was impossible, period. <laughs> I just knew that one. Because of time, yeah? And I just started thinking, wait, what if I even traveled the entire country? I just downloaded a map of Nigeria from Google. And I just drew the line across the front of the states as I'll pass them, like round trip back to Lagos. And there were three possible outcomes. One outcome is that I'll go and meet my boss and I'll say, you know what, I'm going to travel around Nigeria. I'm black with no safety nets, mm. with no trust fund. Hello. <laughs> the other option up. was, yeah, the other option was to tell my boss that, you know what, I want to take three months sabbatical. When I come back, I need you to ensure that I still have a job here. I'm like, okay, must be my father's company, right? <laughs> the, third op- yeah. the third option was to make it a win-win situation for everyone. So it is stories for Pulse. It becomes a Pulse project. What would you say was your biggest takeaway, your biggest lesson from that trip? And how has it impacted your career? So from the entire experience of planning it, I think that was my single most important training in how to make things come alive. How do you take a thing from ideation to execution? So when I'm writing a story, it's ideation to execution, right? But I'm the master of that story, maybe with an editor. But like when it is a project, there are a lot of people, a lot of moving parts, a lot of interests, a lot of expectations. So that was my first experience with doing that at that scale. That was biggest like skills I picked up from there. The other thing, so personally, I tend not to have a lot of opinions in places where the consequence is permanence in the sense that I don't have opinions of things because I realize that the more I traveled and experienced things, the less I knew about anything, right? So one of my favorite examples from that period is that Legosians then used to say, oh, bumps and pizza, oh, bumps and pizza, bumps and then I found out that Sambisa is like five times bigger than Lagos, right? Yeah. Like, and then you start to ask questions constantly. What do I know? What is real? What bubbles am I in? Mm. So that was a rude awakening for me. I think what I really, really liked was just listening to people talk about their lives. Um, there were two things I felt strong withdrawal symptoms for. What the first they? one was when you're moving constantly and you're suddenly back to your routine it is very very jarring and difficult the second thing was i was no longer meeting new people and as a coping mechanism i now just made up my mind to approach like my current environment location as a stranger do you understand yeah so you know how when you're in Bene state you know you're a stranger mm-hmm. right when i'm in lagos like because i live in lagos mm-hmm. i don't feel like a stranger so i now had to start interacting with lagos like a stranger so mm. that I could not care about whatever it was people were saying. I could listen into conversations. Jonathan, I could watch and observe things like a stranger. And that was why I now turned to my Instagram to just random conversations. I just curated there. Mm. After you left Pulse, right? That was when you went to Zikoko, was it? So one of the reasons why I left was at every point we are, we have a learning curve right yeah and i felt like i'd exhausted my learning curve at my current place i know what that feels like yes so it became a thing where 
whenever people wanted to do anything, they were like, ah, yeah, like, what do you think? What do you think? And my opinion was really relevant. And that was very uncomfortable. This content was setting in, and I just sent in my resignation. I actually wanted to just become a freelance journalist because that would now mean that I cannot travel every time. But I ended up in a conversation with my current boss, and his question was basically, is it possible to go do good content in Nigeria at scale? Like where the bedrock of your editorial process is around the quality of your content. That struck me a lot immediately because that was a question that was bugging me personally. And I just, yeah, when we started. And that is where we've been since, till now. Yeah, I mean... Zico- trying to figure it out. Wait, what? Still trying to figure it out? Zikoko churns some of the best content in Nigeria, if I dare say so. If you follow them, you might be a fan of their Naira story series. And yes, it's a hit. Now back to the conversation where I ask Fuad about how they come up with all their great content. In fact, I was going to ask, how do you come up with great content? Let's say this question is for other writers and creatives who want to be like you. How do you come up with great content? Do you have a process... What influences your ideas and all that? So, first of all, just so we are clear, uh-huh. right? Mm-hmm. Zigogo is an engine that has many moving parts, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. It's a creative engine. I'll be very honest. A lot of the time, I feel like an imposter at Zigogo because <laughs> the creative process, most of the time, is completely independent of me. My manager editor, where she runs day to day at Zikoko. One one process that we we continue to evolve and take very seriously is how we hire. Like we don't just put out applications most of the time. We hunt. For example, now every time I stumble on someone doing good work creatively in Nigeria, I I stop. I just stop paying attention. So I'm constantly stalking media companies, Instagram, Twitter, just looking for people's work and seeing what people are doing. So that's one way. Second way is we have a process, a filtering process that I think it's impossible to scam that process because the process is created. Everybody we've hired through that process, we, we didn't regret it. It's less about, especially on the creative teams, it's less about their, oh, I did this here, I did this there. I'm more about their perspective. Because you quickly realize that a lot of creativity is perspective. What's the difference between a random close-up photo and a good flat lay? They are both photos of the same food, but perspective gives it new life. And perspective is how people stand out. So now the process, the creative process, first of all, it is brute force, very aggressive experiment. I believe in the concept of moving forward, X has 10 moving parts. One moving part works. You take that one moving part that works and push it forward to the next step experiment now you have a understand, and yes. it is slowly evolving and you just realize one day that's how i think about it. i think the internet makes it better because the internet forgives imperfection right mm. i can go back and delete the tweets right when it's an actual newspaper or it's a film that people have to watch and you have to package and find uh-huh, it starts to get tricky there i believe in volume i believe in experimenting all kinds of things all kinds they want to find something that works, you keep it. So at what point did you think, oh yeah, this this content thing, this writing thing is a thing for me. I have found my calling. I don't know if I found my calling. Or... Wow. So I have, um, I think that we trap ourselves in the expectation of that thing for me. 
that perfect thing. The soulmates, who believe in soulmates, right? I believe that we, like we make our own soul. I could invest a lot of thoughts and emotion and feelings into another person, random person. And next thing you know, the person's, I see the person's face and I'm confused. And next thing I'm talking about soulmates. I actually did the work. I made you my soulmate. Yeah. Do you understand? Yeah. So, and it's the same in my interest generally. This what you're you doing right now, it's not it's not necessarily what you see yourself doing forever, right? I don't know. Mm. Right? So another thing is that I have a very Tazan approach to opportunity. Right. What does that mean? I, I I'm swinging on one vine. I see a vine in front of me and I jump and I catch it. This is not good advice. Right? <laughs> not good advice. Sensible people and responsible people have vision boards and they plan and they have five year plans. And it probably has disadvantages in my life. Do you understand? Yeah. But I just tend to just grab the next vine and grab the next vine. And that, that's how I got here. It was not premeditated. Do you understand? Yeah. Like I never thought I would go. So, with the work you do now, what's your favorite part of your job and what is the part that you would rather avoid? My favorite part of the job is sleeping, like closing my laptop and going to sleep. It is a, it is an intense cognitive workout. Like it's just this constant, brah, your brain is just, mm. ah. So it, it's intense. I like the feeling of, of chasing a question or a problem and solving it mm. more than anything. And I also enjoy helping people solve their problems. My least favorite part is... Being a manager, mm. yes. Why? I wish I could just be in my own corner, just making stuff and writing and putting things together. You understand? Yeah. But when you manage people, your success becomes attached to their own outputs, mm. right? I get that. So your team, is, your team is failing. You're not winning, right? Yeah. And it's irresponsible to blame your team for not winning. If there's a problem in the team, it's the manager's fault. Um, if the team is not working well, if the team is not having good morale, it's the manager's fault. It's not motivating. If the people on the team are incompetent, it's the manager's fault because he did not pick the right team. That stresses me. All right. So to wrap up, what books are you currently reading? Hmm. I'm in the phase where I am aggressively trying to understand the first principle of things. I'm trying to understand why of everything. And a lot of the books I've read this year are mostly answering the question of the why of things. Mm. For example, the last book I read is Prisoners of Geography. And it's basically a book about how, why the world exists with geography as a lens to look at it. Why is Sub-Saharan Africa underdeveloped compared to most places in the world? Mm-hmm. Why is... China the way it is. Why is Russia in Crimea? Do you understand? Like yeah. it just gives me a general sense of the world, right? Mm. Who is it by? Um, I can't remember the author. I'm, I'm going to talk about three books I really liked, mm-hmm. I, and I've read a lot. The second one is I've been avoiding Malcolm Gladwell. Why? Just rubbed off like a motivational speaker. So I I read one of his books. It was Outliers. If I had read Outliers earlier. I would have focused on asking other questions because someone already found the answer to this one, mm. right? The third book that I read and I really, really liked, mm. the name is Range. 
I think it's range how generalists triumph in a specialized world. You know how everybody wants us to be experts. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure I want to be an expert at anything. I feel like, and it's so weird. Like people, I'm, I don't feel, I don't feel ambitious, right? I just have things I'm very curious about, and I chase them to the end, right? And sometimes they just become crazy. Absolutely. You understand? So I, I think that's, it's, probably that's why the it's, first, it's probably the first of the three I would like to read. Yes, you should read Range. And that was Fouad Lawal, editor-in-chief of Zikoko.com, full-stack content honcho and generalist, ever ready to swing onto the next vine. If you're a content creator or consider yourself a generalist, I hope this episode has been useful for you. Yes, it's great to have a plan for your life, but it's okay if you don't have it all figured out. Like Fuad, always be ready to grab the next opportunity that comes your way. Something grabs your interest, it's okay to explore. You can find Fuad on Twitter and Instagram as FuadXIV. I'll leave you with a quote by Rob Siltonen. It's a long one, but I think it's apt. Here's to the crazy ones, the misfits, the rebels, the troublemakers, the round pegs in the square holes, the ones who see things differently. They're not fond of rules and they have no respect for the status quo. You can quote them, disagree with them, glorify them or vilify them. About the only thing you can't do is ignore them because they change things. They push the human race forward and while some may see them as the crazy ones, we see genius. Because the people who are crazy enough to think they can change the world are the ones who do. IAC Podcast is on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. On Twitter, we are at IAC Podcast. On Facebook and Instagram, we are at I Am Change Podcast. Share this podcast with your friends. And please rate IAC Podcast on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or wherever else you listen to podcasts. That way, more people can find us. Until the next episode, continue to be the change you want to see. I am Poridi Aziz.